Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. My name is Greg, me and my beautiful wife Amy are the youth pastors here at One Church Gloucester, and we can bring you a positive report of youth ministry. Come on. So um, we've got a, a team of 12 leaders, including us, who are like completely sold out for our young people. A few of them sat down here, which is so, 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 so cool. Um, we've got probably about 75 young people who semi-regularly attend our Friday nights here and would call this place their home. And um, over the last two nights that we've run, we've had 20 brand new young people come through our doors. How cool is that? So cool. Really, to, to start this message, what I wanted to do is, um, is I wanted to start with, with a bit of a, an intro around the youth ministry because there's a, a challenge or a question I face as youth pastor um, that I think it's something that, that we all might face as a church. And it's a, a question, it's a challenge, it's maybe a bit of a struggle that's always been present um, while I've been leading the youth work and it's, it's always been there and it's, it almost feels like this little nagging question that um, is almost always niggling away regardless of what we're doing as a youth ministry. And the question, the question that I'm constantly battling with, constantly facing, the question is, is it enough? Is it enough? So with the youth work, the Friday nights we're running, the mentorship programs, discipleship, the Costa Coffee runs we do with young people, like the, the size of our youth ministry, is it enough? Because 75 is awesome, but there's a whole lot more young people in Gloucester, and they're not all here yet. Is it enough? And um, this series, we're looking at one of our cultural values as a church, Let's Go. It's about mission. And, um, and I think one of the questions that I can constantly ask myself is, is it enough as a church? Is what we're doing enough? Grow group leaders, is it enough? Kids workers or people that help put on this service, are two services enough? Is this enough people? Are we doing enough? You see, um, I believe that the world wants what we have. I believe that my faith should be contagious in the good sense. I, I believe that the world wants the hope that we've got. I believe the world wants the love that we can feel in this place. I believe the world wants what we have. You know, two weeks ago, Pastor Amy Jordan spoke on this topic. And she shared some recent research that talked about how Generation Z, the latest generation that are becoming adults, Generation Z are more receptive to the message of faith and the message of Jesus than any other generation represented in this room. We've got a generation coming of young adults who genuinely want to know what we're talking about who genuinely want to know who this Jesus guy is, who genuinely want to encounter him. And maybe you're new in this place and you've not experienced music like this before. You've not experienced uh, the God that we're talking about. Maybe you've heard Dave speaking of how God is a good God regardless of your circumstance. And you're sat there feeling things you've maybe not felt before, trying to work out what, what all of this is and what the feelings are going on inside of you. I can tell you the feelings have a name. The name is Jesus and he will change your life. Because the world wants what we have. But the thing is, the need is so great, isn't it, church? 
And our key verse for this series is found in Matthew 5, and it's the the words of Jesus speaking, and it will come on behind me, and it, it says this, that let your light shine, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And I can't help but read that verse and think, but Jesus, you don't know the need. You don't know about COVID. You don't know about Gloucester in 2021. Yeah, Nazareth in, you know, 4 AD was something, but you don't know about Gloucester, Jesus. You don't know the need because the need can seem so great. And what we can do in, what we're doing can sometimes never seem enough. Need can seem so great. And what we're doing can sometimes never feel like enough. And so if you've ever thought things like, I could never do enough to help that person, that neighbor, that colleague, person on the school playground. If you've ever thought things like, my good deeds would only ever be a drop in the ocean. It would never be enough. The need is too great. Well, I think maybe you battle with this as, as well. This thought of, is it enough? Could I ever really make a difference? Are my good deeds ever really going to change a life? Is God ever really going to use me? Yes, I'm on board. Yes, I want to let's go. Yes, I know it's all about mission, but is my good deed ever really going to make a difference? Is it ever really even going to scratch the surface of the need that I see around me? And that's what I'm challenged with as a youth leader. And I believe it's something our church is being challenged with during this series. Is it ever going to be enough? And so you see, as I was preparing this message, I I realized I'd fallen for a lie of society. And I reckon you might have fallen for the lie too. See, it's all around us. Society is telling us this. Society is saying that small equals insignificant. This is what society tells us. That small equals insignificant. Oh, your business is only turning over that amount of money. Oh, you only have that many people on your team. You've only got that many social media followers. Your church is only that big. It's an insignificant number. Because what society is shouting at us is that bigger is always better. You go to buy a car. I want a one litre. They try and sell you a two litre. You go to buy a house, you want a three-bed, they try and sell you a four-bed. Bigger is always better. The bigger salary is always better. The more friends are always better. The bigger the event is always better. The bigger the church is always better. Bigger is always better. That's what society is constantly shouting at us through our TV screens and our media and the conversations we have outside of this building. Bigger is always better and small equals insignificant. But you see, this is counter to the message of Jesus. Because you see, Jesus says in Matthew 17, verse 20, that faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. And you see, whereas society is shouting us that small equals insignificant, Jesus says, no, 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 no. With me, small can move mountains. Small can have significance. Small can move mountains. And as I was preparing this message, I, um, I was reminded of an encounter I had with an old family friend, the sort of family friend you only see like, I don't know, once a decade or something. And it was outside Asda, 
And um, I was going into Asda to do my shop, and he was coming out of Asda just having done his shop. And, um, and I saw him, I was like, Rob! And Rob turned around, and Rob shouted, Aaron! It's like, no, Greg. <laughs> you know, that sort of a family friend. Reminded him who my mum was, and that was it, he'd clicked. And then we had, you know, a very brief catch-up about life and what had happened since he'd last seen me. Oh, how you've grown up, Greg. You know how the conversations go. And um, just as the conversation was wrapping up and I was preparing to go in to do my shop, um, an expression came across Rob's face. And you know it's, um, you know the sort of expression where, like, they're going to either say something profound or uh, they're going to they're gonna ask a really important question. You know, something, something of importance is about to be said. You know that sort of expression that people have. And the thing is, the question that Rob asked was like, really caught me by surprise. Like, it seemed totally irrelevant. I was like, what on earth is Rob going on about? Because Rob, this profound expression came across his face, and he asked the question, Greg, growing up, how many friends did you have in church? And I mean, I was like, I, I don't know, Rob, what, what on earth are you going on about? Why, why are you asking me that question? The thing is, though, growing up in church and growing up in this building, like, I always had an abundance of friends. Like, always, always, always had, like, significant numbers of friends in this building. If I wasn't in school, I was hanging out with people in this building. At my wedding, all my groomsmen I met in this building. Even now, people have moved away to different countries and different continents. Like, the best friendships I've had have always started in this building. So I told Rob that. I told him that I've, I've had loads of friends from church. They've been amazing. And Rob said, you know what, Greg? That's so cool. Because, even though I didn't recognize you, I've been praying for you regularly. And I would always pray that God would give you a number of friends, a number of great friends in church. And I was a little bit blown away by that because it, it sounds so small and so simple. But as I've been reflecting on my teenage years and, and growing up in this building, I've wondered what my life might have looked like without the friends I found in this place, without the relationships I've built in this place, without the wife I found in this place. Like, what would my life look like without these friendships? And maybe you could put it down to coincidence, but I genuinely believe that the small, seemingly insignificant prayers that Rob would pray, even though he didn't know what I looked like, had a profound impact on me growing up in this building. Something so small that could be seen as insignificant had a profound impact on my life even now. I'm thankful for the prayers that Rob prayed that made a difference to my upbringing. And in the context of this series and, and this message, um, when you look at the life of Jesus, it's not a life of bigness or largeness or expanse. Jesus' ministry is a ministry of personal evangelism. It's finding Levi in the tax collector's booth on his own. It's finding Zacchaeus up a tree on his own. It's finding a woman at the well on her own. It's all these little encounters. And if you read any of the stories about Jesus, you'll just see encounter after encounter. One woman comes up to him who's suffering with an illness. One father comes up to him whose daughter is struggling. It's just a constant, constant, constant ticking over of small, seemingly insignificant encounters that just so happened to continue to change the world today. You know, even when Jesus fed the 5,000, which is an anomaly in his life, he did it with one child and their pack lunch. Small, insignificant encounters making a huge difference on society. And so my challenge to you today, church, as we end this series of Let's Go, 
My challenge to you is, who is the person you can reach this week? Who is the person you can reach this week? What we're not asking you to do, church, is to reach 100 people this week. We're not asking you to reach families upon families upon families. Young people, we're not asking you to reach your whole school with the message of Jesus. What we're asking you is, who singular can you reach this week? Just like Jesus. Who singular can you reach this week? Who can you give an afternoon to help out? Who can you invite round for a catch-up that you've maybe not seen for a little while? Who can you send a text message to or an encouraging note to to hopefully bless them? Who can you pray a seemingly insignificant prayer for and believe that God might just move mountains with your small act? Who is the one person? Who can you reach this week? Who is it that you can reach out to? The colleague, school teacher, kid on the playground, the neighbour. Who can you reach this week? You know, I sincerely believe that Jesus living out let's go, that Jesus following this cultural value was all about the little and often. And I think society can lie to us and we can lie to ourselves. We can get caught up in this trap of believing that bigger is better, that our small acts are full of insignificance. But I genuinely believe that if we can trust God with our small good deeds, if we can maybe look to do the little and often to reach the ones, that God could do something of significance with our lives, that God might just move mountains with our faith as we trust him with the small. And while I was preparing this message, I was reflecting on the question I, I challenged us with at the start, is it enough? And I was looking at our youth ministry and, and some of the young people that have come through our doors. And um, the best example I could find is that of a man called Dylan, who is currently interning with us and sat on the second row. See, Dylan um, was at this building before many of you were awake, setting out chairs and parking cars and sorting out refreshments. And, and Dylan's had a hand in your experience of church today. Dylan's had a significant, he's made a significant difference on your life just because you're in this building and because he's been, been serving today. But Dylan's story didn't start with parents that dragged him to church on a Sunday morning or siblings that grew up in this house, so he came as well. Dylan's story started 10 years ago as he made his way into a kids' club on a Tuesday night, probably set to cause some mischief because it was a place that was open for him. And, uh, through the small and maybe seemingly insignificant acts of many dozens of kids leaders, Dylan stuck around. And Dylan stuck around long enough to make it up to youth on a Friday night, where the small, seemingly insignificant acts of a dozen or so youth leaders had an impact on his life. Stuck around long enough to end up coming on Sundays and you guys didn't scare him away. But through your encounters with him and, and your little words of encouragement, he stuck around on Sundays. So much so that when he came to the end of his formal education, he says, I want to give a year of my life to the church. And he's up here every Thursday and Friday, helping out behind the scenes and preparing for these services and running stuff in youth. And when I look at Dylan's life and having observed his transformation over a decade, and I'm sure he'll get to tell his story one day from this stage, but I don't see like that a one encounter that's changed his life. I don't see like one person that's come in and transformed everything. What I've seen is a number of small encounters, seemingly insignificant good deeds, 
that have come together to transform a life that is now impacting all of your lives and the hundreds of people that are coming through these doors every single week. Anna, this is, this is what it comes down to, church. I've been doing some research on Wikipedia. I know, I know, on Wikipedia. And uh, the total population of this planet, total population of this planet is estimated to be 7.8 billion people. It's a lot of people. Can't quite comprehend that number. Most people I've ever been around is about 90,000 at a football game, and that seemed like a lot. 7.8 billion people on this planet. And uh, further research suggests that um, in terms of the number of people that would call themselves Christians or followers of Jesus across multiple different denominations, totals out at about 2.5 billion people. So 7.8 billion people in total, 2.5 billion people that would say they're Christians. Now, if we all reach three people, that's the whole world reached. So I'm not asking you to go out and start a charity that reaches 7.8 billion people. I'm not asking you to go out and feed the whole of Gloucester. I'm not even asking you to go out and reach a dozen people. I'm saying, do you reckon you could reach three people? Do you reckon you could start with one person this week? Do you reckon you could make a difference in the life of one person this week? And believe that your coffee catch-up, your encouraging text message, or your seemingly insignificant prayer might just move mountains in that person's life, might just change their world, and it might just change this world. Do you think you can do that? Will you stand with me? I just want to give a, a bit of time now, church, and believe that God's going to drop on your heart that person to reach out to. That neighbour, that person in the school playground, that teacher, that work colleague, that person you always see on the bus but never speak to. So why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads. Why don't you try and listen out to the voice of God. Believe that as you open your heart and your ears, he might just speak. Ask him to drop a person's name or face onto your heart. Ask him to use you and your small good deeds to impact a life. Believe that as you do something so small and seemingly insignificant, God might just move mountains in someone's life. Jesus, we give you this next week of our lives. We ask that you use us in your mission. We ask that you give us a name or a face of someone who needs a bit of encouragement, a bit of a lift, an invite. And pray that you use something that could seem so small and insignificant to move mountains in their lives. Pray you give us the boldness to step out, the confidence to keep going. Pray you remind us of this, not just as we leave church today, but as we get into work on Monday morning, as we get back to school after half term, pray that you give us opportunities to shine our lights, to show the world our good deeds, and as we do that, that you will use us to glorify our Father in heaven. Amen.
Greg, you've done an excellent job this morning in helping to land um, the series and, and, uh, and a really helpful reminder in a whole lot of different ways. And uh, you talked about these like one-on-one encounters and that's what Jesus' ministry was all about. And just being totally upfront and honest, that's what this is all about, is to create these uh, one-on-one encounters with Jesus uh, here for us. Uh, and, uh, and, and part of that for us in every service, we give the opportunity to say, if, if today's the day that you want to mark as being a, a day you're going to begin a relationship with Jesus, following Jesus, become a Christian, become a disciple, become a follower, uh, today's a day that you could do that. And I'd love to be able to pray with you. So I'm just going to ask you if everybody, you bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray together and uh, respect one another's privacy. But uh, if I can pray for you this morning, just to say... Uh, this one-on-one encounter has begun today with you making that decision. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'll, and I'll pray for this, uh, closing this service as well. And that would be amazing. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Uh, Jesus, thank you that you give us such a great example. We believe you are the way, the truth, and the life. And our pursuit, of, uh, our pursuit in this life begins with a pursuit of you. And by following you, you lead us to the way you lead us to truth you lead us to life you lead us to forgiveness you lead us to grace you lead us to acceptance and you lead us to love and I pray that for those making a decision today to become a follower of you that this would be a marked occasion where the faithfulness and goodness of God will be experienced in every day of their life that stories and testimonies of you working in their life would begin today and that these people would begin their own impact in others' lives as well as you work through them and as you are working through all of us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Awesome.